Do you know what the elements of your body are worth? Your raw value? I know that's a pretty crass question, but this is this Thursday, December 14th. And I'm told that if we take an average human body, 99% is made up of six elements. Oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, calcium, and phosphorus. And they are worth about $575. All the other elements taken together are worth only about $9. Now, others estimate the value of our body thinking about the organs if they were to be used for transplanting. Then we're worth thousands of dollars, maybe even more. But our intrinsic worth, our true value, is beyond calculating. Now, this week we've been looking at significance. We've used the word mattering. We've learned about the aspects of mattering, and today we consider acceptance. Here's our text for today from the Song of Mary. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name." His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. That's Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 50. Now, these words are taken from what has been called the Magnificat. And that title comes from Mary's word, magnified. My soul magnifies, praises, or rejoices in the Lord. And I want to focus in on that last verse that speaks about God's mercy. God's mercy is for those who fear him, those who believe in him. Now, this is a stunning statement about the way God loves. He does not love us based on our status in the world, our success, our achievements, or our standing or fame. His love and mercy do not come to us because of the origin of our birth or the level of our education. There are no religious duties we can do to receive God's favor, no acts of service to gain his attention. We enjoy God's mercy by faith. We are not based on what we think is our value at all. As we think about mattering, most of us want to be valued the old-fashioned way. We want to earn it. We want to do something to climb the mountain of glory and receive the merit and honor we deserve. But the problem is we cannot climb that mountain, or at least we cannot get very far up the mountain. And this frustrates us. And many of us, well, frankly, we give up on the project. But God's love and mercy extend to those who trust in him, those who fear him, those who believe in him. You see, Mary didn't possess anything that would give her status in the day in which she lived. She lacked standing and wealth. She had no accomplishments to commend her to God. But God visited her, loved her. God accepted her. And here's where mattering with God gets tricky. People tend to accept us for qualities they like or things we have done. But we don't matter to God for this reason at all. My Granada U class is tracking with the life of Jacob, the patriarch. From his birth, 
Jacob seemed intent on stealing what was not his from his brother. It is more than healthy competition. He lives by deceit and trickery, and we are shocked that God would choose Jacob the liar. Esau, his brother, shows far more character. He has the qualities we are drawn to, but God chooses and loves Jacob. Why? Well, there's nothing in Jacob to commend him to God. God must love him freely. From the beginning, Jacob seems to manipulate God, trying to take advantage of God's grace and presuming on God's protection and favor. We are shocked to find God loving him anyway. God does this because if he's looking for the truly good man, the one with enough merit to commend himself to God, well, that man's not going to be found. In truth, Jacob is living a story that reveals the extent of the grace of God. God loves and accepts Jacob, the rascal and rebel, the cheater and schemer. Now, we read Jacob's story and see that if God can love Jacob, well, then perhaps God can love me. Jacob's story is the gospel from bottom to top. You see, we matter not because we're good people. We matter because Jesus became nothing. He took our place so that we might have his. Mary exalts God after God had already exalted or lifted her up. I know many people want to tell the story of Mary's worthiness, and no doubt she was a fine young woman. But the whole point of her story, and her story is the surprise of being accepted by God, is that she was unremarkable. She was unacceptable, but she was accepted anyway. You see, with people, we feel we need to hustle to be accepted. We have to be bright and shiny and look our best and put on a show of honor, esteem, and dignity. We are constantly measuring the acceptance we are receiving. And it is most often unconscious, but we're always scanning others to see their posture toward us, but not with God. His mercy extends toward all that recognize him, all who believe in him. Mary was living the gospel because anyone who comes to God must rely on God's grace. God's mercy and kindness determine our true value, not the value we try to attach to ourselves and our lives. And this is the beauty that we see in Jesus, an acceptance of the very people that would reject him a mercy toward those who would seek to take his life. It is the shock of grace. I think the story of Mary, somehow we've lost the shock of it. But Mary didn't. And we can hear the surprise of receiving God's grace in her beautiful song. She says, really, that the Lord would recognize me? He would choose me? He has loved me? And this is our story, too, because of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, you see how we're hustling so that people around us might accept us. We fear rejection. We fear not mattering. But you have loved us through our scheming and our fear, and you've called us your own. Teach us how to live in the light of that. For in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.